In this episode of Fictional Hangover, we talk about immediate murder, the creepy fucking cabin in the woods, luring monsters into the closet with candy, and running off to get ice cream, as one does, in our discussion of The October Faction, Volume 1, by Steve Niles and Damien Worm. Damien Worm. Damien Worm. Honestly, if you... He was born to be a horror artist with that name. Damien Worm. Hey everybody, welcome to Fictional Hangover, a podcast about young adult and new adult books, series, authors, and voice actors that is full of spoilers. And Damien Worm, illustrator. (laughs) Do we need to include illustrators in our list? Why not? You have everybody else there, we might as well make it longer. I know, and I feel like we also need to add, like, middle grade, because every graphic novel that we talk about, with the exception of this one. Yes. Pretty much. And the one coming up for next month. Oh, yeah. Our middle grade. A podcast mostly about young adults and new adult books. Yes. (laughs) Yes. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Fictional Hangover, a podcast mostly about young adult and new adult books, series, authors, and voice actors, and illustrators. And the odd producer. <laughs> yes. <laughs> that is full of spoilers and some middle grade graphic novels and just some weird stuff that we found on the side of the road. I'm Amanda. And I'm Claire. And today we're going to discuss the October <laughs> Faction Volume 1, written by Steve Niles and illustrated by Damien Worm. Damien Worm. In a world full of middle grade, adorable characters, <laughs> Damien Worm stepped forward. <laughs> clouds. <laughs> so many clouds. Corpse. In Definitely the darkness. Corpse. In the darkness. Damien Worms. Damien Worms. And Drew Demons. Do you know that I'm sad that I don't know more about Damien Worm because I've just created this whole world in my head about what Damien Worm is all about and I don't I don't know anything else that Damien Worm has illustrated. I just I don't. I don't know, but it's fair to say he's now my favorite illustrator. <laughs> The question is now, do you want to investigate and potentially ruin the the Damien worm of your mind or not? He is on Instagram and Fictional Hangover follows him now because the art was beautiful. So check it out. Okay, I need to. It's not even a difficult handle. It's Damien worm. Damien worm. Damien worm. (laughs) I'm sorry that we unintentionally love you now, Damien worm. I mean, it's very appropriate. It's not kind of in a creepy way. No, so, no, it's not like with Steve West. The restraining order still hasn't come through for that, so I think we've got through. I think I think we're fine. I did move houses though twice since oh, then. Three well. times. Three times? No, just twice. Maybe three times. How long oh. ago did we did we talk about Steve West? In, Claire, in a time been... where my memory is sepia-toned and, like, slightly fuzzy around the edges. And every now and again it gets overexposed. Yeah. So, I can't remember. 
We've been doing this podcast for so long, the two of us. I Just time has no meaning. Please cut to the old lady in Titanic. It's been 84 years. <laughs> anyway, standard disclaimer? Have I oh, done that shit, yet? Oh, shit, you to that. <laughs> Yeah. If you haven't read this book, please remember that Fictional Hangover is all about spoilers. If you haven't read and don't want to be spoiled, stop listening to us and go read the book, then come back. If you haven't done this but want to pretend that you have, or if you don't care about spoilers, or if you just like the show so much that you don't care about any of that, then listen up. I almost started talking about the Netflix adaptation, and then I thought, nah. I haven't watched it nah, yet. I only could watch the first one. Oh, oh, it doesn't bode well at all. No, stick to the... stick to the source material and you will love it i genuinely thought it hadn't been made yet and then i looked and i said like, oh no it has been so i no. put it on my two watch list but my attention span for television at the moment is like five minutes so if it's not very good i'm not in the mindset to be able to tolerate it no i um i mean i only made it through the first episode and the show didn't make it past the first season, so... I mean, that doesn't tell you anything when it comes to Netflix, because Netflix is notorious for cancelling programs. That's true, and it could get very should. much better, I don't know, but I didn't love it enough having read volume one of the series. I didn't love it enough to stick with it past episode one. So. That's fair. That's fair. It's no Umbrella Academy, no. which I was kind of going in... I mean... That was almost going to be my recommendation. Yeah, I well, I debated between two, and that was one of them, and I went with the other. Yeah. Anywho, background anyway, info. Anyway, background info. There's a Netflix. Don't watch it. <laughs> yeah. I mean, maybe you'll love it. I didn't, but maybe you will. I don't know. I I have a very my tolerance for rubbish is high. Like I will watch some crap. I feel like it was. The first episode was, like, goofy, where it didn't need to be goofy. It's not a jovial graphic novel. But it wasn't, but it wasn't, like, funny enough to carry it. It was just like, why are you acting like that? There's there's degrees of comedy, isn't there? And this, this, I mean, without diving too far into the discussion, this is a witty comic there are jokes. Yes. yes. There's a couple of slapstick moments. So I can understand them inserting some comedy into the Netflix. But it sounds like they were trying to do something that it wasn't. Yeah. I'll watch it and I will report back. Okay. Anyway. Background info. Yes. I read an interview uh, with comicsalliance.com and they were talking about comparing the Allen family to other spooky families <laughs> and Didn't Steve do that Niles. Summary. I know what? <laughs> Whoops. What? Uh, so Steve Niles says, no matter what you do, people find a way to compare it to something, and I think that's just a way to grasp it. I mean, that's what I had to do to pitch it. When I was first pitching it, I would go, well, there's a little Adams family thing going on, but at the same time, the crazy family from the Texas Chainsaw Massacre was another one that I thought about. I mean, that's sort of the ultimate crazy horror family, but there's a long line of crazy family stories. And, you know, if you just said to me, if you pitched this to me 
Adam's family plus Texas Chainsaw Massacre family, I would be like, yes. Yes. I think I pitched it as, I finally found a YA horror graphic, and that was it. <laughs> I don't even know if it's YA. I feel like it's more new it, adult. I I agree. It was on a YA list, though. That's sure. where I found it. Yeah. Well, I mean, there are teenagers involved. Exactly. But I feel like it's more, right now, at least in volume one, more focused on the grown-ups. Yes. Yes, I agree. Yeah. I feel like we've covered a lot about, like, initial thoughts. I know. How long have we been talking already? Like, Too long. But I will minutes? say one thing. What? This, one's, this is directed straight at Jackson Ford. This is nothing cute or adorbs. There is nothing cute or adorbs about this one. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, I agree with that. And I just want to say, give give me all the horror graphic novels. So all of them. All of them. That's what I should read from now on. Yes. Well, you know which series is my favorite. I do. And I have a feeling you're going to talk about it. Again. It's not the first time I've recommended it. It won't be the last time I will ever recommend it. I'm even hinting at it in my background. <laughs> yes. <laughs> anyway. Let us do that. The beginning began like this. Outside, herbs out of time. <laughs> Jeff spots a tall, thin woman with long, straight, blonde hair and huge black sunglasses getting into a flashy red sports car. Mother? Before he can question this further, Philip, the annoying jock, interrupts him, calling him Creepy Jeff, and spits some derogatory comments about his sexuality. Jeff points out high school ended last year, so he should grow the fuck up and go torment college freshmen instead. This pisses Philip off because he lost his scholarship due to a car accident that killed three of his friends. Luckily, he survived. This is, um, this panel is really, like, creepily done because it's just Jeff, like, solid black, pinbrick eyes looming. <laughs> And it's beautiful. Jeff knows Philip lied. He knows that Philip was driving. Philip protests, but Jeff reminds him that the dead don't like liars, and his friends are still upset with him. Ooh, <laughs> They're literally nice like there. <laughs> Hello, Philip. Ghostly he friends. Philip. Yes, Philip. Why? Are we obsessed with monsters? This question is asked by a man, Frederick Allen, standing in front of a chalkboard with a long list of monsters on it. He's addressing a room full of students. Continuing, he tells them that monsters come from something inside us, almost always associated with evil, but not always. Humans are actually the monsters that go bump in the night, but when we think of monsters, we think of vampires, zombies, werewolves, or something dark within our hearts. Regardless... Monsters are in every aspect of human existence. As he dismisses the class, he's approached by his old partner, Lucas, who he hasn't seen for almost 40 years. 
Together, Frederick and Lucas have a drink in Frederick's very opulent office, surrounded by artifacts and trophies from his life and toast to the old days. Lucas then mentions the Harlow family case, the last time they saw each other. The panels cut to a flashback. At first, a mailbox saying Harlow, so you know where you are, and Frederick and Lucas in a speeding car. Then, a creepy house the Adams family would like to summer in. Together, they approach the house, weapons drawn. Before they can get inside, a pack of werewolves attack, but Lucas says he'll deal with them as Frederick bursts into the house. Inside, a lawnman in a very extra, is the only way I can describe it, spotted suit, greets Frederick and pulls a lever, which causes a huge scythe booby trap, the likes of which Indiana Jones has encountered, (laughs) to swing down. Frederick ducks out of the way and fires at the man. Cutting back to present, Frederick and Lucas are talking. Frederick defending teaching, though they're both rich enough not to have to work, and Lucas doesn't work because he's a fighter. They have a semi-cryptic conversation because they obviously know what's going on, but we readers have not yet found out who this mysterious little club is that Frederick mentions Lucas working for. Now, back to the reason Lucas is there. Frederick's wife, Dolores. What has she done now? Lucas was working a job and saw her with a man, Merle Corp, who slipped her a key. Frederick admits their relationship has been strained, and they are, at the moment, effectively separated. Oh, no. Vivian, Frederick's daughter, is walking home. A group of girls give her shit and they look hideous, like weird, bulbous, deformed clown monsters. But when Vivian tells them she'll see them in 20 years, their appearance is normal. Soon, she's home at another mansion that looks like it is from the Adams family real estate portfolio. Saunders, the housekeeper, greets Vivian, who has just completed her last day of high school. Vivian asks after Jeff, who's locked in his room, so Vivian heads up. Jeff has something to show Vivian, a magic circle carved into the floor, but this one is more impressive than the regular ones they make. This one is smoking. Jeff managed to get his summoning circle to work and inside his closet, he has what looks like the bastard offspring of Wednesday Adams (laughs) and Pennywise the Clown. Jeff has no There's no other better way to describe that. It's the only way I could describe it. I looked at it and went, what the frig? (laughs) Who's been doing the nasty here? Jeff has no clue who this creature is. She was just, you know, wandering around, as one does, so he snagged her. Jeff will let her go, but first he needs to show her to their father. Both Jeff and Vivian want to follow their father's footsteps and enter the family business, which is not teaching, by the way, but hunting. (laughs) This creature will show what they are capable of. At a deserted storage unit, Dolores Allen steps out of her car. In her hand is a key to Unit 8, and the only thing inside is a casket, which she opens. The body of a human with robot parts is inside. Dolores tells the body to wake up. Ooh. I can't be good. Come on. (laughs) Back in the flashback, 
at the Harlow House, Frederick stands over the manically smiling body of the suited man. Lucas stumbles in from the fight outside. He's been hurt, but there's no time to dwell on that, as a woman wielding an axe comes for Frederick, and with a... Lucas transforms into a werewolf and rips the woman's head off. Holy shit! That's not normal behaviour for Lucas! But it's also not something they can deal with right now. So Lucas jumps out of the window. Of course. As one does. As one does. Frederick can't follow as a baby's wheel catches his attention. Frederick follows it and finds a baby in a crib with a toddler standing next to it. Back to now. Frederick has returned home. He can smell the distinct odor of ectoplasmic residue, as one immediately notices upon entering their home, and knows that Jeff and Vivian have been up to something. Don't do it too much, otherwise you get nose blind to ectoplasmic residue. (laughs) (laughs) Jeff and Vivian have been caught, but... It's difficult to disguise a summoning circle carved into the hardwood floor with all of the ectoplasmic residue smells. So what did they expect? (laughs) Frederick asks, well, where is it? Jeff and Vivian point toward the closet, which Frederick opens and is promptly attacked by the Wednesday Pennywise creature. (laughs) It's really strong and wraps his hands around Frederick's neck. Jeff and Vivian struggle to pull it off, so Frederick instructs Vivian to grab a mirror and shove it in the creature's face. This causes it to release Frederick and run. It seemed like the creature maybe kind of knew him a little bit. Ex-girlfriend. Probably. Frederick asks them, again, not to perform summonings in the house. (sighs) Children will be just so naughty. Meanwhile, Lucas has gone to meet Merle. They exchange an envelope for a USB stick and are satisfied that their business is concluded. Lucas threatens Merle if he should ever see him again. No matter, Lucas must live with the guilt of screwing over his partner, so ha! And the only person who ever had faith in him. Yeah. Fuck. Lucas walks out in anger. As one does. As one does. What did I do? At the Allen family mansion, the family sits down to dinner without Dolores. Like nearly every other family, Frederick asks what Jeff is going to do now that he's finished school a year and if Vivian has plans now that high school has come to an end. They can't stand any more schooling and both want to follow in their father's footsteps. But he doesn't want them to. Despite trying to be reasonable in their argument, Frederick puts his foot down. <laughs> it's like that's going to work. Saunders interrupts dinner to alert them that the police are on the phone. Mrs. Allen has been attacked. Ooh. Ooh. At the hospital, the police stop Frederick from seeing his wife. Dolores was found unconscious, but she's awake now and covered in superficial wounds. The policeman tries to question Frederick, but he refuses until he has seen Dolores. Frederick, Jeff and Vivian are allowed in and try to talk to Dolores, but she's still asleep. Frederick notices a bolt in her open palm roll. That's so good. I just, I wonder 
something about, you know, having a bolt in your hand, but you're in the hospital, like, surely you've been jostled around enough being, you know, unconscious and moved from the place where you were found unconscious to, like, a stretcher to the ambulance to in the hospital to from the stretcher to in your bed and you're still holding the bolt in your hand like the police didn't see it or did somebody put it there but then surely they would have stopped the very obvious robot face from sorry i'm getting ahead of myself i'm getting ahead of windows that's all i'm gonna say windows windows okay yes yes jeff and vivian are sitting in the waiting room Who would do this to their mom? What does their dad know about the bolt? Maybe they should just become hunters on their own. Logical conclusion. As they sit, Phil comes over and says he's sorry about their mom and that he's thought a lot about his conversation with Jeff the other day and wants to apologize. Phil takes Jeff to the cafeteria for a drink, leaving Vivian alone to celebrate. She's obviously picked up on the attraction between these two boys and Phil's internalized homophobia. Meanwhile, back in the hospital room, Dolores finally wakes up. While Frederick romanticizes his memories of them, Dolores admits to her ne- Dolores admits to her desperation for his attention. She misses how they used to be and thought if she let Robot Face loose, it might be a team again and that Frederick would return to himself. Frederick promises to think about going back to his old life, especially as he has Dolores and both their children trying to pull him back. Vivian makes her way home, as her parents are obviously having sex in the hospital room, and Jeff is off with Phil the jock. As she walks, she is followed by Robot Face. Vivian senses she's being followed and calls them out. Then Robot Face steps out and tells her, Your father killed my father! Oh, shit. Better start running. Just as Robot Face launches himself at Vivian, Lucas, as a werewolf, takes him down and a seriously cool and violent punch-up takes place as Vivian escapes. I like the fact that she doesn't hang around. She gets the hell out of there. No, she's smart. As they pause, Robot Face says he only wanted to talk, but Lucas points out he has a funny way of showing it. They fight some more, and Lucas wins. Lucas turns back to human to question Robot Face. He says he didn't attack Mrs. Allen. He only wants Frederick. He actually thanked Mrs. Allen for freeing him. Hmm. Interesting. Back in the hospital cafeteria, Jeff and Phil are chatting. Phil wants to know what Jeff meant when he said the dead don't like liars. Jeff can hardly tell Phil the ghosts of his dead friends are hanging around him, but they definitely are. Oh yeah. As Frederick collects Jeff, Jeff reassures Phil that everything can be fixed. Back at the Allen mansion, Merlecorp is waiting to speak to Frederick. Merle confirms he gave Dolores the key to the storage unit for her to free Robot Face. Instead of watching Frederick's demise from afar, though, Mel wants a front row seat. Yeah, no. Frederick pulls a gun and shoots Mel through the throat and instructs Saunders to grab a shovel. Yes. Vivian <laughs> is sure she saw Mel's eyes open. He's not dead! Please. Frederick is a professional and wham! He uses the shovel on Mel. 
While Jeff and Vivian are somewhat taken aback, Frederick points out that the family business sometimes gets messy. When someone threatens to destroy the family, why wait around? Get the messy business out of the way. He does have a point there, doesn't he? He does. Now, Frederick can teach his children how to dispose of a dead body. Family bonding time! Yay! (laughs) Meanwhile, Lucas and Robot Face are sitting in a car. Robot Face is eating a very messy-looking burger and being very messy about it. But in all fairness, it's been years since he's eaten anything, so he kind of probably forgot how, plus he has a robot face. (laughs) Finally, they formally introduce themselves to each other. Lucas meet Dante, a.k.a. Robot Face. Dante meet Lucas. He sometimes turns into a werewolf. Lucas asks Dante to tell him what happened so maybe they can figure out something. What the heck is going on? Communication. Communication? Yes. Dante knows his dad wasn't, well, well. But he is loyal to the man who saved him. He doesn't remember much. It was a dark and stormy night as he was being carried into the woods by a mysterious man. The mysterious man beat Dante to a pulp with an inch of his life and then just left him. Dante's father found him and fixed him and he's done that for other kids too. One night Frederick came and shot his dad. Lucas remembers that night he was actually there but he was out getting the other guy the mysterious man who beat him up because it seems they worked together. Dante just runs off. I mean, what can you do after that 28 second no? Sit and absorb it a bit longer? Finish your burger? Ask ask for an ice cream? No. You must immediately flee. Jump out the window. I would say ice cream. Run off ice cream. I think ice cream's the answer. Run off to get ice cream. Run off to get ice cream. Ah... Ice cream or ice cream? Ice cream, you scream, we all scream for ice cream. (laughs) We all scream for robot face. (laughs) Back at the Allen's house, they're moving Merle's body to the hearse before they go and find a suitable burial site. This is convenient and also appropriate because their SUV is in the shop. While Jeff and Vivian think their father is trying to scare them with reality, honestly, he's just not hiding the more unpleasant side of the family business anymore since they're so set on becoming hunters. As they're digging Merle's grave, Vivian tells Frederick about Robot Face's attack, what he said, and how she was rescued by some wolf guy. (laughs) As the Allen family are having a lovely time family bonding, by burying a dead body in the woods, they don't notice a gross-looking lady watching them from between the trees. Ugh. Yeah, she's like... Ugh. Once they've sped away, she lights a cigarette and walks to the freshly dug grave, encouraging what is in it to hurry the hell up. Merle's reanimated corpse crawls out. <laughs> yes. Dante is standing outside the Allen mansion. And inside, Frederick is telling Vivian that Dolores is being discharged from the hospital. 
they share a lovely father-daughter moment before he leaves. However, when he comes home, Frederick needs to talk to Jeff and Vivian. He needs to prepare them to become hunters. Outside, Lucas is waiting in his car and takes Frederick to the hospital. They give each other shit about each other's cars before Frederick mentions Dante and Vivian's run-in. But Lucas has something else he needs to discuss and it's not pleasant. Frederick tells Lucas he already knows about Merle about mailing him and is fine about it. And Lucas is quite frankly gobsmacked that he knows. But, you know, unfortunately, that's not what Lucas wanted to say. He has cancer and it's Damn aggressive. It. And Damn it. Damn However, the pain is good from the cancer goes away when he transforms. So he would like Frederick to run tests on him when he's in wolf form to see what the heck is going on. Okay, okay. This, um, I mean, this will take some thought, but he will do it. Science. Of course. Science! Back at the Allen Mansion, Jeff has seen Dante standing outside and approaches him, asking if he's stalking his sister. Dante doesn't understand what stalking is, so Jeff explains before promising Dante if he ever goes near his sister again, he will regret it. Dante doesn't take this kindly and rushes Jeff, who is definitely able to hold his own in a fight with a part-man, part-robot. As they fight, Dante realizes that Jeff is Frederick's son and, with a neat uppercut, knocks him out. Robot punch. (laughs) Super mega robot punch. (laughs) In a creepy house, it's awful. In the woods. Opal, who is the gross lady from the gravesite, is hooking Merle up to some sort of machine that looks like an old wooden radio with lots of wires coming out that are attached to various parts of Merle's body. Is it a body or is it a corpse? I I mean, it just depends on how you use the word body. Yeah. His body. Or his body. That sounds exactly the same. That doesn't mean anything. Please Um, don't do that again in this situation. Okay. But you know, that's what Opal's Especially giving exactly what Opal's about to say. Oh, anywho. I feel like you need to voice Ma. A voice from upstairs is screaming that she wants to see my boy! And Opal shouts... My boy! Give give me my boy! Bring my boy up here! You need to go full Arkansas for, for, for Mama. And Opal shouts up to her Mama that she's trying to fix him! Damn it, why won't she shut the hell up? Mama makes Opal so mad. Which, frankly, isn't great for Merle, as Opal is about sticking with a syringe. But boy, right you did. <laughs> Will it hurt? Later, Merle is lying on a bed, and Opal coyly suggests that as they aren't actually family mama said they could you know oh no 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 oh that's a bad place you know that ain't your brother that's your cousin (laughs) go on oh that's just so nasty also you know he was literally just dead (laughs) so how do you feel about that what is what does that add to this disgusting situation. I like the fact that it's Merle pointing out, as he is disgusted with Opal's suggestion, I was literally just dead. Yeah. <laughs> She's like, yeah, I know. 
I should have done something before while you were still dead. As Opal is calling Merle names for rejecting her, he pulls a gun from somewhere. But he's not holding it very steadily. You know, probs because he was just a corpse and also because he was just sexually hit on by his cousin? Probably his cousin. His, I, I don't... I, 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 I mean, wonder, is it an adopted family? But still, gross. It's adopted family, but I also wonder, potentially for the discussion, but I want to mention here, Opal, reanimated corpse? I know, which is worse? Which is worse? We need to replace one of our would-you-rathers with this question. Okay, well, let's continue with the summary <laughs> while we consider this. Um, Vomit! But I would just like to point out... <laughs> <laughs> let's just move on meanwhile yes we have a meanwhile we're good we're good, good thank goodness we're out of that <gasps> fucking cabin in the woods <sighs> meanwhile frederick Ooh, is fucking me- cabin in the woods <laughs> hey sorry i'm sorry we're going from one horny couple to another because we're going to frederick and dolores who are outside oh. of the hospital lucas isn't there to give them a ride back but thankfully vivian is and she has the hearse and though there is room in the hearse for the fucking dolores uh, dolores is promising frederick yeah their daughter is driving and that's just not appropriate please don't do that instead they update dolores about mal as Dolores opens the front door and offers thanks that they got out of the hunting business for a normal life, they find Saunders tied up in the foyer. Once her gag is removed, Saunders screams that Jeff is upstairs! Frederick, Dolores, and Vivian dash upstairs and find Jeff tied to a chair and gagged. Next to him is Dante with a nice, sharp-looking, double-headed axe. Dante tells Frederick, you made me watch my father die. Now you can watch your son die. And then I just want to go beep, boop, boop, beep, boop, boop, boop. <clears throat> because he's a robot. Pot robot. Robot face. Why are we calling him Dante? His name is clearly Robot Face. Because his name's Dante. It depends Would on the situation. Would you rather be called Dante or Robot Face? Do you think Dante and Murderbot are related? No, but I think that Murderbot would teach Robot Face a thing or two. Yeah. Anywho, unfortunately, we're going back to the cabin in the woods. No, no. The fucking cabin in the woods. And Merle is getting dressed. No. What does that mean? The panel could go either way. Is he just getting dressed for the day? Or has he succumbed to Opal and her... No. No. Pleasures. Well, Opal tells him to go and see Mama before he goes. Merle declines despite Opal's warnings, but if Merle can bring four more back to add to her family, that might appease Mama. He just, you know, needs to use one of the bodies from the storage unit. Yeah, that's fine. You already got it. It's fine. It's cool on there. We should what Opal's been doing with it. No. 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 Back with the Allens. Oh, thank God. (laughs) Dante, robot face, is still threatening Jeff as Frederick tries to calm him down. Frederick reveals that he locked Dante away all this time 
to protect him from his siblings. <gasps> They're still alive? Well, no. This revelation enrages Dante, and he lifts the axe for a wide swing. Meanwhile, Dolores has grabbed a weapon from the wall and throws it at Dante, hitting him in his robot face and knocking him down. Dolores takes Dante's axe and then beats the robot snot out of Dante. Her final blow is to kick him out the window. And then she just jumps out after him. She, she's totally spartas him and then joins him. It's great. Yeah, it's amazing. <laughs> she's badass. Well, this fight continues outside, but it's even more cinematic because it's raining and you have the mansion as a creepy backdrop. Mm, it's good. Dolores, she freaking absolutely owns Dante because you know yeah. what? No one messes with her family. No. In the meantime, Frederick, Jeff and Vivian have made their way downstairs quite calmly. You know, they didn't use the window. They used the actual stairs. Right. Frederick knows just how to deal with Dante. But they're going to need rope. A nice family dinner. Dante will get exactly what he deserves. With Vivian's help, Dante is able to eat. I mean, he just ate a hamburger and ice cream in our but version of In our story. version, yes. But he's, he's, he's part robot. That's a high processor. You're right. It must be, you you're know, right. very high metabolism. Yeah, you're right. Frederick's plan is to give Dante a bit of normalcy and be nice to him, even if it kills him. <laughs> Dolores, Jeff, and Vivian exchange looks, and Dante protests. He tried to kill Jeff. He wanted to kill Frederick. Frederick insists that Dante will fit into their family perfectly. They are, after all, a family of orphans. Wait, what? Huh? Well. What? Revelation time. Frederick admits he is not Jeff or Vivian's biological father. He found them at the Harlow house. <gasps> it's the baby and the toddler. Yeah, Jeff and Vivian figured that out years ago. It's fine. Yeah. They look nothing like either of their families. They sit there and go, yeah, you guys are blonde or we're not. Yeah, not at oh. all. Oh. Huge tip off. Yeah. Well, as Vivian unties Dante, Frederick declares this month, their month, before raising his glass for a toast to Dante joining the family and to their amazing family, the October family. Oh. Meanwhile, as he's investigating the woods, the sheriff receives a call about kids vandalizing the high school again. He'll deal with it once he's done here. The sheriff is standing over an open grave. <sighs> I guess he's gonna have to talk to Frederick Allen about this. End. Well, there is Everyone... volume two. Yes, and there's volume two. Everyone, um, go and have a think about some of the things we discussed in the summary. Like the creepy sex house in the, the woods. The fucking cabin. The fucking cabin in the woods. Or about eating ice cream. Those are your only two options that you can think about. And then ice we're going to share a promo from another show. Ice cream. 
Have you ever wondered what Tina Fey has in common with Jonathan Swift? Or how Star Wars is connected to feudal Japan? Or just how pervasive Shakespeare's influence still is? I'm Rhonda. And I'm Erin. And our show Pop DNA explores the literary and historical roots of your favorite pop culture works. Like the Greek mythology and early 20th century feminism echoed in the film Wonder Woman. Or the classic dystopian fiction and real-life political revolutions that informed the Hunger Games. Every month, we bring you a deep-dive discussion of a selected pop culture work. Featuring jokes no one will think are funny, and literary references no one asked for. Find us at thepopdna.blog. Or anywhere you get your podcasts. By the way, Shakespeare is bigger than Disney. Nothing cute or adorable about this one, was there? Nope. 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 <laughs> I do enjoy horror graphic novels. Oh, I just loved how gruesome the artwork was. Especially, and we talked about the panel in the summary. <laughs> Jeff, like, completely black. Talking clearly about ghosts. And it's just eyes. Yeah. Like, the, the three so friends as well. Yeah. They're oh, really creepy. Oh, like, and the girls just... Ugh. Yeah, they were awful. They were awful looking. And then, like, the next panel... Oh, nope, they're just, like... It's normal. Just normal teen bitches. <laughs> mean girls. That's what I like about um, horrographic novels. They use shading and high density like black areas so mm. well it's mm-hmm. just solid pieces of black and all the shadowing and it's just oh it's just so creepy it's and the blood the blood splatter delicious brilliant brilliant yeah. it's nothing like any of the other graphic novels that we've covered because they're always being cute and adorable and big and fluffy and no straight lines and this is just grit and darkness and yeah dull colours like the, I think the brightest bit was um Dolores's sports car which was bright red in the first couple of panels yes yeah the hospital room was also bright because it's yeah. a hospital room yeah yeah it's a hospital room yeah. um I feel like I I exist in these extremes like 100% precious and adorable and ridiculous yes there for it or full of darkness and blood and murder and monsters, yes. But then when you do like the middle, not for me. I agree. I think I'm I'm very very much the same. I always say I'm internally I'm like this evil goth kind of person. You know, I want black. I want vampires. I want bats. I want pumpkins as my aesthetic. I want horror yes. graphic novels and. Yeah, fangs, fangs, all the fangs, yeah. all the time. Yeah. You know, if it's not big, th- thick eyeliner with a on fleek wing, is is there any point? You know, yeah. it's just yeah, I, I exactly. But it's all internalized, and then on the outside, you get blonde. <laughs> Am I your insides? Potentially, because look. If I pork, can you feel it? Hey, 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 hey. Ah! Hey, hey. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I'm, it was nice 
change of pace to read this one. Yes. There yeah. was a couple of things that niggled us a little bit. Um, I know as a reader, especially, you know, it is, not everything's revealed all the time. We don't know what this club is that Lucas is talking about. Right. From the beginning. Um, and it's probably the one thing that's, one of the few things that's carrying over as a story arc point without having read further than volume one. Hopefully you do get the answer to what that is. I um, imagine you do. Yeah, obviously, Opal will play a bigger part Ugh. in future volumes. Yuck! But I mean, you're gonna love her because she's horrible. Oh yeah, she's she's dreadful. so grotesque. Do you think we'll ever get to meet Mama? I hope so. Mama, Opal, where's my boy? Bring me my boy! Bring me my boy! Where's my boy? I need my boy. Bring him up here to me. She's it's probably like a big, disgusting, like monstrously obese creature of a woman. She's on, she's going to be one of the extremes. She will be either that, or she'll be a tiny wizard. So so frail, that frail, she can't but move. very pointy. Yes, jagged edges. Yes, I kind of think like. Bits kind of mom. Yeah. It's that. okay, Opal, if you wanna go and fuck a corpse. No, it's not. Don't, don't, it's cool. It's okay, Opal, if you wanna go and fuck your brother. <laughs> oh, cousin. <laughs> my baby daddy's my cousin, father, brother, and nephew all rolled in one. Not to stereotype, but Jay's, yeah, that is a bit of a stereotype. But 100% to stereotype. But 100% to stereotype. Yeah. But you know what else? I actually, uh, we said at the the beginning, when we were talking about the Netflix, you said it was too funny, the Netflix? It just, it it wasn't the same. Yeah. It wasn't the same. And also, I was really thrown off because Frederick and Dolores... Frederick is white and Dolores is black, and they are a beautiful couple. However, their children are clearly their children. So I don't know, like, I mean, are they just a family? And that's fine. But, you know, I read I read the graphic novel, and I was like, oh, they're going to be adopted, and it's going to be fun. And nope, they are a family. Biological Yes, they are a biological family. Okay, interesting. Interesting. And Dolores? Dolores is badass, of course. She's amazing. But she's not like, oh, let's fuck all the time. I'm going to jump out a window. I was surprised how horny Dolores was. I know. She was so horny. That might... that That is my surprise, actually. That she was so horny after... Being in the hospital and potentially, you know, comatose a little bit for a little while. Like, I've been in the hospital a lot, and it's not a good time. No, there's nothing about hospitals that kind I mean, there will be for certain areas of the internet that hospitals will rev your engine. But I wouldn't have said in this instance it was one of those. Mm-mm. No. I don't, I don't think there's anything horny about hospitals. No, hospitals are not horny places. No. 
this book was actually very horny thinking about it. It was. It was really, it was just Dolores. An opal. And that's, oh, an opal. And that's, I mean, no, just forget that we said an opal for just a second because I was going to say, and that's fine. <laughs> but then you mentioned opal and then that's not fine. No. Nothing nothing about Opal is okay. It's gross. It's horrible. And let's forget that it happened. Do you know, every time you're like, oh, yuck. Right. Oh, thank goodness. We're back with the Allen family. Ah, I feel like I can scrub my eyes now. Yeah. And then suddenly you're like, no, 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 no. We're going back to the creepy. No. The, the fucking creepy cabin in the woods. Right. No. Mm-mm. Don't go there. I don't like it there. No. I don't. I, I don't want to go there. And how close is that cabin to where they buried Merle that she was just like out wandering? I mean, I can... <laughs> that she was there lurking. I feel like she's probably been lurking around and like following them around in the background. She, she, she knows all of the good grave spots in the area. <laughs> yes. I feel like she might, you know, be paying attention to Merle. Obviously, so she's just like following Merle around, stalking him, dreaming about him. Her cousin. Uh, I'm gonna fuck you. Stop it now. That's what she's saying in the like. She's like stroking a tree, smoking her cigarette. You got wood. I've got wood. No. Oh no. 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 Stop it. Stop it. Move on. Speaking of, I did enjoy the levels of sarcasm and sassiness in this. Like, it was... Yes. It was appropriately leveled humour. Yes. Um, like, from the... from Even from, like... One of my favourite panels was actually the Bastard Child of Wednesday Adams and Pennywise the Clown. Yes. When she's in the closet, and you can see her in the closet, and she's like, what's happy? Like, oh, shit. Yeah. <laughs> You've got a freaking monster in the closet. Who does that? Obviously. Yeah, how'd you even you get that monster in the closet? <laughs> I mean, you summon it, and it's obviously going to appear inside your summoning circle that is still smoking with ectoplasmic residue that you can smell that permeates throughout the mansion. Should be used for breeze. Maybe. But how do you get how do you get that monster? I mean, it had to have been really quick. They like they summon this Wednesday Pennywise and then go oh shit and then just shove it immediately into the closet like a surprise attack because how else are you going to fight this to put a red balloon inside yeah and a little uh, paper boat yes well, they're just like would you like some treats we have yeah, and they make a trick or treat mix they make a trail to the closet yeah. and shut her inside yeah like little Hershey, Hershey's fun. kisses Cookies yeah. and cream Hershey, Hershey's Kisses. Yeah, that's also fine. I could see that. Of course. How else do you get monsters in the closet? It's how you get monsters out of the closet as well. And then you sit and have a conversation about being true to yourself, but taking your time and no pressure, and that you'll love them anyways. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's what happened at the family dinner at the end. That, do you know what? You're just, you're just part of the family now, okay? And he's like, okay. How nice was that? This is, this, this is a YA... And I'm saying it's YA. Family revelation. We have a mother who loves her children and will kick ass for them. We have a father who wants to protect them 
from the monsters, but then they're sitting down at a table and having a nice dinner, and they're just you know they're having a conversation. That's how, how rare you can. Is that? That's how you can tell it's not YA. Oh, oh, and they're like, oh, hello, Dante, who was turns out only thirteen years old, and like, would you like to join our family? You'll be a great fit. And he's like, yeah, go on then. It's like, okay, let's celebrate. Yeah. That's how you can tell it's not YA though, because there's you know family communication. It's communication and positive family dynamics. Yes. So then we've moved past the teenage angst and we've moved into new adult, where everything's settling down and making more sense. Ah, that makes sense. Do you know what didn't make sense? There's two things that didn't make sense to me. What shoehorning? Right. No. Vivian says it's the last day of a high school. But it's October. Is that a thing? I need to clarify. Would you finish high school in October? No. Okay, never. I didn't think there's so. Ne- th- there's never a way that you could finish high school in October because it would either be, you know, like May or June, summer, uh-huh. or December if you're finishing like mid-semester. There's no way. There's no way it could be October unless, I guess, she's homeschooling or doing like a virtual school online. But she's not because she goes to a school and there's bitches. Yes, this is what confused me because I thought, hang on, by <clears throat> by this October month that this is taking place in, clearly established at the family dinner that the month is October because Vivian says the month is October when Frederick says, I don't even know what month it is. Then I was like, hang on, it should be June, July. I, I'm not too sure when the the, the, the US yeah. school term ends. But yeah, surely summertime. Be, yeah, June. So that felt wrong. And then I was like, unless she's had to redo classes, but I don't think Vivian would have had to redo classes. No, and even if she had to redo classes, it would have been summer school, which then would have had her finishing by August. Exactly. So that that <clears throat> that was that felt like an absolute shoe shoehorning just to try and get it to be called the October faction to make it fit in. Yeah, that was weird. And I didn't like it. That was painfully shoehorned. Unless every month is October, which I would be okay with. If every month is October for the Allen family, I am totally okay with that. And I am on board. Yeah. The other thing was that Lucas says he hasn't seen Frederick for almost 40 years. Yeah? Yeah. Lucas helped with the Harlow house, which is where he got his werewolf lycanthropy. Yes. And he got hurt. The Harlow House is where Frederick picks up Jeff and Vivian. But maybe they've just finished high school. Maybe it's an exaggeration. I haven't seen you for like 40 years. It's an exaggeration. I hope it's an exaggeration. Because otherwise, it just means that time is messed up in this universe. Which, you know, if that's the case, that's well, the case. Well, you know, if it's always October, then yeah, time is messed up. But I was kind of like, oh, it wouldn't have been, it would have, would have felt a bit better if it said 20 years instead of 40 years or something. I don't know. It just or felt weird. 15? Yeah. But I'm sure he said at one point as well, Lucas pointed out that he, he had met Vivian and Jeff. And it could have been when they picked them up from the Harlow house because Frederick right. says they're bigger now. Yeah, but they were, you know, like two. Yeah. And a baby. Yeah. So the but the implication is that Lucas like as I was reading it that Lucas has met them since. 
but obviously it could just be turn of phrases. It could be, yeah. And it's just, it just, but it just rubbed me the wrong way. Yeah. Small things, literally sure. small things. And we have just fabricated why they happened and we're both still okay with it and still want to read more, so. Fine, yes. Fine. 100% on board with that. Yeah. Can I tell you my favorite part? Yes, please. My favorite part is immediately shooting Merle. Yes. And then bashing him with a shovel. Went for the double tap and I appreciate the skills. Yes. I... There was no, like, lollygagging, even though Merle obviously just reanimated, but there was there was no pause, there was there was no, let's give him a second to explain, nothing, just bam, shovel. And that was great. Loved that was it. great to me. No messing around. Yeah. Don't Immediate d- murder. Exactly. Don't threaten somebody's family and not expect to face the consequences. No. Immediate murder is the only answer. Yes. And it's the best answer. Yes. Immediate murder. Yeah. Do you think Merle would have reanimated without Opal telling him to hurry the hell up? Probably. Because it seemed like she already knew him. You know? So whatever is going on with that... It seems like maybe he just often reanimates. I feel like that's just what he does. And everyone's like, oh, Merle's dead again. Yeah, give him a few seconds. He'll come back. Also, he got bashed with a shovel. So, what did it, his face was remarkably face-like. Yeah, he, he was awfully healthy-looking corpse, wasn't he? Yeah. So, maybe his opal is just following Merle around. Maybe. Or, I mean, maybe that's their family. Maybe that's what they do. Maybe they're zombies. Maybe they're a family of zombies. Yeah. We need to read on. We do. We clearly need we to keep reading. We clearly need to read more. Yeah. Did you have a favorite character? I don't know if I had a standout character. But yeah. I did like Jeff and Vivian. I like the fact that, you know, the brothers and sisters that actually got on. Yes. Um, Jeff being, you know, conscious of Vivian having a stalker and wanting to be protective. And I like, I enjoyed yeah. that. But also yeah. Vivian rooting for Jeff and Phil- the job. Yes. Yeah. Um, they gave off, they gave off like the, the, the Wednesday, um, Pugsley vibes but not properly like because Wednesday's always trying to murder Pugsley trying to murder Pugsley yes yeah but in a in a more loving fashion in a yeah. supportive fashion and again it's rare in YA so is this YA that's why it's not YA that's why it's not YA um, so I did enjoy that I did enjoy it and, I, and I'm looking forward to finding out how the affair is Hunter's and also what their mystical, magical powers are, because quite clearly they can see dead people. Yes. I liked 
teacher Frederick from the very, 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 very beginning. I, I want to I, go to that class. What is the class? What course is this on? I don't know. That's all I want. Do you know how last week when we were trying to reform the educational system and meet yes. the bad demons? Yes. Right, yes. well, this is one of the classes that I want to, like, instigate. Right. Yeah, we have the classes where you learn, you know, how to how to be a proper human. And then we have the classes where you learn about monsters. And then you have the class on vomiting acid. Yes. Yeah, I don't know school why school should monsters. be. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know why anything should be different than that. More school reforms needed. More school reform. <laughs> nice. Is it time for Would You Rather? I think it is. We asked on social media, would you rather be a reanimated corpse or a human made with robot parts? We've asked the robot parts before with Cinder, but it was slightly different. Different. That's very different. On Facebook, 87% of you said robot parts. On Instagram, 58% said corpse. On Twitter, 67 no, X. Call it X. It's not X on mine, it's Twitter. I refuse X. to press the update button. X. The app formerly known as Twitter, currently known as God knows what, is 67% for corpse. And TikTok, 71% robot parts. It's more of a split than I was expecting. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Corey on yes, Corey on Facebook said, "I want to live out my truest bionic woman fantasy and fight all the crimes." You do that, Corey. I I, yes, I, Corey. I completely believe yes. Corey could do that. Yes, <laughs> badass. Colin on Facebook said, "It's got to be Robo Colin. Being a reanimated corpse has all sorts of problems, ranging from things." Thing rotting and falling off to the whole consent thing of being reanimated in the first place. Robo Colin is all good. The fleshy is flabby and weak, but the metal is strong. Iron within, iron without. Excellent. Some of you are excited. Emily on Facebook said, "Even though I would love to be a reanimated corpse, like it's, <laughs> like it's from the movie Swiss Army Man, which everyone should watch that movie with Daniel Radcliffe." I want to be a human with robot parts even more for the reasons that other people have mentioned. Bree on Facebook said, I'd rather be a human made with robot parts. Metal machines can be upgraded. Rotting corpsey bits? Not so much. Cody on Facebook says, Robot parts would solve some problems for sure. Lydia on Facebook said, Steph says all of the above, but she wants to know, how long has she been dead and will Jude Law show up and report my body parts? Important questions. That is a very important question. And I love that Steph has just randomly popped in here in this conversation because if everyone will remember, Steph is our artist who drew our little caricatures. And this is just where she comes back to talk about Jude Law. And repossession of body parts. (laughs) 
Vincent on Facebook says, Reanimated corpse all the way. Double tap to the head will sort him out. Human made with robot parts will be too tough to beat. I've seen that Buffy. That Buffy. The Buffy episode. I've seen that Buffy episode. It's a rip-off show. Don't watch it. <laughs> Spooky Aurelian on Instagram said, Reanimated corpse. Just that. That's all you need to know. TJ Puritt's author on Instagram says, in my real life, robot parts, because this is pretty much already happening. In fiction, probably the same because I don't like zombies. Fair, fair. Scully Joe on Instagram said, reanimated corpse, of course. I'm fabulous, darling. It's hard to take Scully Joe seriously. He's downstairs on the sofa sitting with Bigfoot. For those who are wondering where he is in the background. (laughs) Coral Reef Book Reads on Instagram says, I feel like a corpse might be a little smelly. So let's go robot with bioactive strength. She raises a good point. She does. The smell. Did you get anything from the library? Oh, most everybody wants to be robots. There was only one reanimated corpse. Everybody wants to be robots, mostly because corpse is ew, and they can get powers from robots. Corpse is goo. Now, ew. 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 It's just so corpsist. Ew. Although the one person who wanted to be a reanimated corpse then drew a picture of a vampire and also a plague doctor mask. Which is, if you ask me, is a selling point. Yeah, I mean, it sold me on my response because what is a vampire but a reanimated corpse? Exactly. Exactly. Depending on the mythology, but yes. And I'm already, I already have robot parts. So. I already feel half dead. I'm dead inside, so. Just need to add the fangs. Yeah. Would you rather summon the Wednesday Pennywise creature or wake up Robot Face? Now, you see, the thing is with Robot Face, he's 13. That means you've got to take care of a child. Sure. And, you know, can you be bothered with that? Which sounds awful, but still. I'm going to summon the Wednesday Pennywise creature and we're going to have a night out or a night in and watch movies. Sure. I think we'll yeah. buy popcorn. Yeah, I mean, as much as I love Robot Face, just thinking just thinking that he's so young, like, takes some of the fun away from Robot Face. So, yeah, why wouldn't I want to summon a creepy fucking monster? Imagine the things you could learn. Yeah. Imagine the makeup and if we tips. Can, yeah, and if we can lure it to the closet for safekeeping with candy. I mean, we've established that we're luring how, monsters to the closet with candy. Like, how how scary can you be? <laughs> I just keep thinking, what what would be their favourite? And I'm sure, isn't there a, a a movie where there's a monster and they and they give it like candy bars or something, like paydays or something? I don't remember. It's going to come to us at like 3 o'clock in the morning. Sure. Would you rather fight Lucas in werewolf form or Dolores? It's going to be a hard fight. It is. So you're going to get the snot beaten out of you. 
Yeah. I mean, probably Dolores, because then it would become sexy. Yes. Do you want to do it in the rain with the creepy background, or the house in the background? Yeah, and like lightning flashing and stuff. Yeah. Yeah, I feel like that's better. Potentially move over to the graveyard. Right. Yeah. With Opal standing there, breathing heavily in the background. And all you see every now and again, it's just a black, char- black character with the pinprick eyes. And every now and again, you right. if the face glows up with a cigarette light. Yeah. And Very Sin City. Yeah. And mess the fuck up teeth, because I'm sure she has disgusting teeth. Oh, you know she's never been to the dentist. Never. Never. Plus less chance of turning into a werewolf if you get scratched or bitten by Lucas. Right. And as we've established many, many, many times, see all previous episodes of Fictional Hangover, we would rather be a vampire than a werewolf. Exactly. Exactly. Would you rather prove that you're ready to be a monster hunter by summoning Wednesday Pennywise or by digging a grave or by not freaking out when your dad calmly shoots someone in the throat before asking for a shovel to smash the corpse in? How do you prove? How do you prove that you're ready? How do you prove you're ready? Digging a grave is just digging a hole. Right. So I'm... really, okay. So let's let's take that one out. Okay. Summon Wednesday Pennywise, or calmly watch your father shoot someone in the throat and then bash his head in with a shovel. Oh, both of them have got the merits. Summoning Wednesday Pennywise creature, like that, proves you have that skill. Yeah. But not freaking out shows that you can control your emotions you are calm under extremes yeah and that you're like yeah okay next step is to then go and dig that hole yeah i feel like that proves your metal better better that i can't say words today that that proves that you're ready for it yeah i'm gonna go with the not freaking out when your dad calmly shoots somebody in the throat before asking for a shovel to smash the corpse in yeah because yeah. it, 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 that is something that you can easily learn to be calm under that situation. Right. Whereas summoning a creature is something I feel like you could probably learn. Yeah. And also, I mean, you're not you're not ready for the monster hunter family life if you shove your summoned creature into a closet because you don't know what to do with it. Exactly. But... What do you do when all the candy's gone? You stuffed. But if you can remain calm when your dad shoots someone in the throat before asking for a shovel to smash the corpse in, like that just that just proves you're ready. Yes. Like, yeah, this is just another October. And then next time you get the shovel. Yeah, you already have the shovel ready next time. Stash shovels around the house just to make sure. It's a safety technique. Yeah, I'm going to go for that one. Okay, yeah. Cool. (laughs) Would you rather (laughs) spend the entire day with the robot family or with the reanimation family? You want to meet Mama! You want to meet Mama! I don't think I want to meet Mama, but I also don't know if I just want to stand around with a guy who had saws for hands. (laughs) 
But mama will let you fuck any of my brothers. No. Ugh, no and I can do the, the same because of my brother cousins. I'm hanging out with the robot family. <laughs> I'm hanging out with the robot family too. Though they do sound like, based on slightly off what Frederick was saying, that they were not nice people. Right. They're n- none of them are good. No. And some of them have saws for hands. But I, do, I would rather take the saws for hands than like spend the day with Opal and Mama. I know, because what would happen to you? You would turn or, into a corpse and be reanimated and then you'd or, be one of Mama's children. Or would you be safe because they're not sexually attracted to you because you're not part of their family? But then they would kill you, reanimate you, and then be like, but Mama says we're not really related, so it's fine. Yeah, and also, can you imagine the smell in that house? Oh, do you know, what? what which one's the, the Resident Evil game that's set, like, in the the Yorkle house? The, the oh, Texas God, Chainsaw which one Massacre. is that? The seventh one? Something like no, that. Uh, yeah. I, that's what was in my head. That yeah. house. Yeah. Gross. Yeah. Disgusting. Yeah. No, not, no. no. You're not eating the dinner. You eat the dinner. He ain't eating the dinner. Paul, he ain't eating the dinner. Chop off your hand. No. I don't, I don't want to be a part of that. Do not like. No. Oh. Mm-hmm. Do you remember when we did the monstrumologist and like the smell? Yeah, just the it's smell. It's the monstrumologist smell. The smell of the foot boot. Oh. Foot boot. Oh. Foot boot. That episode was from 84 years ago. We'll come full circle years. at the end of Would You Rather, so I think we need to put a line under that. Yes, snap two, <laughs> Will Henry. <laughs> Favorite final thought quote. I'm going to give you snap three. Snap two, Will Henry. Snap two, Will Henry will always be one. <laughs> Holy shit! It's classic. It's classic. What have I told you about summoning in the house? (laughs) Come on, we're losing light. It takes a while to dig a six foot hole. Hmm. Okay. You talk to me like I'm an old woman one more time and I will take you out. Thank you, Dolores. Love that line. Thanks, Dolores. Beautiful day for a homicide, isn't it, my man? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I also like shovel, sir. Thank you, Saunders. (laughs) Sean Saunders is an underrated character in this book. I want more of that. Yes, yes. And I guess you have to, you know, make it sappy and say, it's amazing what a little kindness can achieve. I mean, they're not wrong. They're not. They're not wrong. All right. If you liked this, try this. What are you going to suggest? No one is surprised. The Umbrella Academy. No, I'm going to suggest Something is Killing the Children because it is one of the best graphic novels I have ever read. I cannot wait for the next volume to come out. I've read through the House of Slaughter books as well. I need more. Why haven't we talked about this on the podcast yet? 
I, I don't know, Amanda. And I'm very distressed that we haven't. It's probably because we have only been doing cutesy, super fluffy middle grades. Cute and adorbs. And it's not cute and adorbs. It's not. And it, it's going... I don't know which network's picked it up, but it is going to be turned into a television series. And I'm very excited. Excellent. Freaking love Erica Slaughter. Hence my mask behind me. My Erica Slaughter mask. I will cosplay it one day. Right, so it's by James Tinian. It's the monsters who should be afraid. When the children of Archer's Peak, a sleepy town in the heart of America, begin to go missing, everything seems hopeless. Most children never return, but the ones that do have terrible stories. Impossible details of terrifying creatures that live in the shadows. Their only hope of finding an eliminating threat is the arrival of a mysterious stranger. One who believes the children and claims to be the only one who sees what they can see. Her name is Erica Slaughter. She kills monsters. That's all she does, and she bears the cost because it must be done. Shout out to Richard who bought the first volume uh, for Colin, <laughs> and then I got to it. <laughs> and and I've now read it is all. Claire's. And now it is Claire's, and Claire has read them all, and Colin has not yet. <laughs> we should just put it on the schedule. I'll just bump it in there sometime. Yeah. It, the, the thing is, though, with it being a graphic novel and a pleasure to read. It can just be bumped in whenever we need it to be. That's right. That's right. What have you got? Tell me, tell me, tell me, tell me. Okay, so yeah, like you, I was going to go Umbrella Academy, and then I decided, no, I will go Lock and Key by Joe Hill and Gabriel Rodriguez. I love Lock and Key. I love the TV show. I don't love the TV show more than I love Umbrella Academy, but I love both of them better than I love October I have not seen the Lock and Key TV show. Oh, I've it's heard fun. Good, I've heard good things about it, but the books it's are fun. a different matter. We've yeah. Got, we've it, got all of the books. Right. The TV show is fun, but it's also a little bit annoying. But, mm. I mean, yeah. mm. it's to be expected. It. Yeah. Anyway, Lock and Key. By Joe Hill and Gabriel Rodriguez. It's a very short summary. Lock and Key tells of Key House, an unlikely New England mansion with fantastic doors that transform all who dare to walk through them, home to a hate-filled and relentless creature that will not rest until it forces open the most terrible door of them all. Just give it candy. Just give it candy and put it in a closet. Yeah. But make sure that you don't use a key to open the closet door. Yes. Because then who who knows what's going to happen. Put it in a regular closet. Do we have anything new in the spotlight? Yes, we do. And this is not a graphic novel, but... Is it Umbrella Academy? (laughs) It's not Umbrella Academy. It just sounds a little creepy, and I feel like it would be a good match. Don't need to say anything more than that. This is no. a little creepy. The book is called a little X, creepy, and it's written by Y. <laughs> yes. The book is called Lacuna's Point, and it's written by Tim Meyer. Three years ago, Ellie Brower's daughter went missing somewhere in the heart of Virginia. Today, Ellie receives a mysterious text message that leads her to believe her daughter might still be alive. 
she follows this rabbit hole to the coastal town of Lacunas Point. But there's something wrong with this place. The town's only constable is zero help and downright hostile. There's a beloved mayor who presides over town affairs, but no one has ever seen his face. Meanwhile, an enormous clock tower holds something sinister behind its cyclopean eye of time. As Ellie unravels the mystery of her missing daughter, the town begins to change. Its geography, its spirit. Slowly, this homely paradise transforms into a nightmarish dream world. And not just the town, the people are slowly evolving into something else. Ooh. It sounds creepy and, like, whenever I need horror, um, there's one place that I go, I have, I, I, I get emails and notices from this publishing house, it's, it's called Dark Lit Press, and we get notifications and emails from them all the time, and all of them sound just like great cheesy horror but some of them are really like dark so i like looking through those emails nice yeah that sounds like a good pick as well yeah okay well that's it for this episode of fictional hangover i'm amanda and i'm Claire. Join us next time as we discuss Mysteries of Thorn Manor by Margaret Rogerson with superfan Bree for the discussion. Yay! Look out for our Would You Rather polls on social media. Don't forget about our book club and monthly challenges on Facebook. Be sure to visit our shop on Redbubble at fictionalhangover.redbubble.com for all your favorite fictional hangover-themed merchandise and become a patron of ours on Patreon at patreon.com slash fictionalhangover. Until next time, remember, the only cure for a fictional hangover is another book. You can find us at fictionalhangover.com. Follow us on Instagram, threads, TikTok, and YouTube at fictionalhangover. And find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash fictionalhangover. If you like this episode, check out our others and be sure to rate, review, and subscribe so you don't miss out. And finally, special thanks to Liz Emerson for our music. You can find her on Facebook and Patreon. Thanks for listening.